Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. really good to be with you. I was in uh, sunny L.A. Uh, a, a couple weeks ago. It was really a lot of fun. And uh, it was 40 degrees in L.A. So it, actually it was warmer here than it was in L.A. last week at one point. So anyway, it was really a lot of fun to be with you. And uh, so glad to be here. I, I uh, just so love uh, being in this place. Uh, last week at 11, how many people were here last week at 11 o'clock service? I mean, it's like Oh my gosh, it was just, just you know, it was crazy, and uh, it was crazy good uh, just to bring other people up to date what happened. Last week we were worshiping the same way we were this week at the 11 o'clock uh, session, and, and the Holy Spirit just, just was amazing. And then uh, Aaron was speaking, and all of a sudden it began to rain upon the roof, and someone began to sing, Let It Rain, and that was it. I mean, we were gone. For another hour, we were just gone in worship. And it really, really, really encouraged me because, you know, who we are is we're upper room worship center. Isn't that good? And so what that means is that Jesus is the center. You know, he is the supremacy in all things. He's supposed to have the first place in all things. And that's what we're endeavoring to do here is to give Jesus the first place in everything we do. Uh, how many people knew about the sin? Did anybody watch the sin yesterday? Nobody, hardly. But uh, what happened was 62,000 young people, millennials, and different age groups gathered together in Orlando for 12 hours of worship and exhortation and sending people to the nations. And, and guess what happened at, at the evening? It, I'm serious, this is amazing. What happened in the evening, they're get, getting up, they're ready to introduce Jeremy Riddle, Steffi, and they're getting ready to go into this great worship set. And uh, all of a sudden, the guy says, yes, Lord, we thank you. We just ask you to send the rain. And it began to rain. It began to softly rain. And someone in the audience began to sing, sing send the rain. They began to sing. The same thing had happened here. And, they, and, Jeremy, and Jeremy and Steffi, they just flowed with it. They just, I mean, they dropped, I know they dropped a couple songs they were going to do. They jumped right in, began to sing Send the Rain. And, and, and what that does for me as a church leader, it's like, you're on track. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're really on track. I have this thing that's been happening to me, I mean, me and Patty for the last three months, that every time we look at the clock, it's right on time. It's 3 o'clock, it's 11-11, it's 22-22, it's 33-33, it's... It's 9 o'clock. It's, it's all these kind of things. And, and the Lord whispered to me and says, yes, you're right on time. Right on time. And those are little mile markers that when we're pursuing the things of God, when we're pursuing what God has for us, especially corporately together, that what happened there was a mile marker for us, that we're on track. We are. Can we just say yes, we're on track. We're on we're on track. We're on track to get, making sure that Jesus has the highest honor, that Jesus is glorified, that Jesus is magnified. And I'm so grateful what the Lord's doing. And it's precious, and we should, we should hold it like, you know, we're so grateful to be able to have his presence with us. And so I, I'm just so super glad about that. And, and I know that, that everybody else that, that, that is here is so glad that we have a great worship team. Let's give it up for them. Can we just do yay? 
I mean, seriously, for years and years and years, we've dug a well, dug a well, dug a well, dug a well, dug a well. You know what you're supposed to do when you, when you dig a well? Dig another well. To keep digging wells wherever you go. If you have your Bibles, I, I don't usually do this, but this isn't on the Scripture. But if you do have your iPhone, turn to Titus 3. I want to look at uh, Titus 2. Titus 3, uh, Titus and Timothy, they're pastoral epistles. And they're writ- written basically to church leaders to speak to, the, to church leaders, to how to govern churches, how to encourage people, and how to uh, bring things in order, and how to just to bring life to the church. And, and guess what? Every pastor should read pastoral epistles. I mean, seriously. I mean, we should live uh, every once in a while, especially in the pastoral epistles, because Paul is dropping some huge grains of wisdom and encouragement for some pretty young leaders. And so Titus was one of those leaders, and so Paul's writing him. And we're talking about kindness today and why kindness. And uh, here's what Scripture says. It says, When the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared. Let's stop right there. When the kindness of God and His love for mankind appeared. Guess who that was? That was Jesus. When the kindness of God and His love for mankind appeared. Any mankind out there? <laughs> appeared. He saved us. He saved us, it says. He saved us. Not on the basis of deeds for which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad there's some washing going on today and there's some regeneration going on today? And that God even blows through the spirit of our minds to create new thoughts and new pathways so that we can think correctly because that's just what He loves to do. The renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom, Holy Spirit is whom, He's not yet, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by grace we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's worth shouting about right there, folks. I mean, that is, that is worth shouting about because that is the truth and that is what we're living in. We're living in the goodness and grace of God revealed to us. If, listen, if you're here today, you're either in or you're pursuing. And both are good. <laughs> both are good. And the Holy Spirit promises to pursue all of us so that we come into the understanding and the knowledge that we are sons and daughters of God. So it's, it's just a wonderful thing. He goes on down to say, say this. In other words, this is, this, is, this, is, this is the Paul writing. This is the amen to that. This is a trustworthy statement. Isn't that good? You can, put, you can take it to the bank that what was just written there, that Jesus Christ came into this world. He is the kindness of God who appeared. That if we put our trust and faith and rely upon him in life, guess what? We are sons and daughters. You can take it to the bank. You can take it to the bank that we are renewed by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit day by day. You can take it to the bank because Paul says it's a trustworthy statement. Isn't that good? What that means is that we can trust it. That means our hope can be thrown into it. Has anybody ever had bad days besides me? Anybody ever had a panic attack besides me? Anybody had that kind of stuff happening? Well, you know what happens when you get... When that stuff happens, it's really good to go back to trustworthy things. 
It's really good to go back to the Word of God and say, this is what God says about me, not what my feelings say about me. And guess what? If you're, if you're waking up every morning waiting to feel like worshiping Jesus, you're never going to worship Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, because the enemy will make sure you don't feel good ever. And so sometimes what it means to do is believe God's Word and not just believe it, then respond to God's Word in worship and adoration and saying, thank you. Regardless of what's going on in my life, thank you. And uh, I'm one of those people, three years ago, everything fell out of my life. I thought I was going to be homeless. I thought I was going to never work again. I was totally broken three years ago, and Jesus has restored me to where I am today because it's a trustworthy statement, and he is trustworthy. So that is, that's very important for us to believe this. So this trustworthy statement, and concerning these things, I want you to speak what? Confident, confidently. Confidently. So I'm speaking confidently today. <laughs> confidently. So that. Okay, would you all say this together. So that. Say it out loud. So that. See, all that went before, all that went before, everything that Paul wrote, he wrote to encourage the church for a purpose, and purpose is unto something. It's unto something, what he just wrote. It's unto something. The so that is there, so now we're getting ready to pick up what he's really going for. All this is to give us encouragement for this point in time where Paul's writing, it says, so that. Okay, you ready? So that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for me. That's the so that. Boy, isn't that a great revelation? That's why kindness matters. That's why kindness counts. That's why good deeds are important. Because what good deeds do, they don't save us. But what good deeds do, they reveal us. Good deeds reveal us to the communities that we live in. Good deeds reveal us to the people that we go to work, work with. It, we, we, it just does. So I'm going to take a pause and take a breath for a second. So why kindness? We're going to look at this. Why kindness? And, and it's really interesting that uh, I've been asked to go speak on mental health. And I, I, I thought, really? They've got the wrong guy. <laughs> I speak on mental health. I don't, I don't know what's going on in my head half the time. So anyway, but they invited me to come to Springfield to, spring, to speak. Safe Harbor House is a house for, for women. that They're recovering through many different things. And, and so there's going to be some medical people there. There are going to be some sociologists. There will probably be uh, some church leaders. And so they asked me to come and to speak about kindness and why kindness. And, and I'm thinking, well, that's really great. And they're not asking me to come to bring biblical uh, understanding. They are. They're asking me to do some of that to talk about the goodness and kindness of God. And I'm going to do that. That's why kindness, because God is kind. He is kind. It says, the, Jeremiah says, let him who boasts, boast in this, that he knows me, that I am the God who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness in the earth. The law of first things is that God revealed himself, that we can boast in him and boast in his kindness. And if you're here today, guess what? You've experienced his kindness. You're here today. If you're breathing, if you're breathing, you are currently experiencing his kindness because he's that kind and he's that good. So they, they invited me to come and to, to speak on that, and, and I will. But, but why kindness to uh, um, uh, this, why kindness? I just want to read this article. My wife, she's not here today. She's, she's recovering from a heavy cold. 
But she said, Steve, don't, don't, don't read it all, and I'm just ignoring her. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway why kindness uh, matters to your well-being? This is written by a Christian uh, psychologist. Making others feel good through an act of kindness can really be rewarding by making us feel great about our actions for doing the right thing. Practicing, would, would you all say with me, I hate doing this. Patty says, why do preachers always do this? I don't know. Practicing, would you all say practicing? Practicing, thank you. I'll tell her when I get home that you all did it. Anyway, practicing kindness also has profound effect on our own mental and physiological health, helping us to become happier and compassionate toward others. Being kind to others has known to help boost our own immune system, slow down aging, yay, elevate our self-esteem, and improve our blood pressure. Both practicing and witnessing acts of kindness can help reduce blood pressure by producing oxytocin, known as the love hormone. Oxytocin causes the release of nitric acid in the blood vessels, which effectively expands the blood vessels, thus reducing blood pressure. Isn't that interesting? Self-esteem, a better outlook on life, optimism, and a healthy heart are said to be the benefits of kindness, but it doesn't stop there. Kindness has this positive effect on others that spreads. And it's true. Kindness begets kindness. And I just want to say something. Has, have anybody ever bought a new car before and bought a car, and then you're driving that car, and you see, when you're driving it, you see, oh, I didn't realize there were so many cars like my car. Has anybody ever experienced that? I didn't know there were so many white Chevys out there until I started driving a white Chevy and the same model as mine and everything. Well, sometimes when God is, is shouting something to the planet, and uh, he, he, it's, it's shouted everywhere. And uh, it's interesting, if you, I was watching a football game the other day, and, uh, the other month, and uh, uh, every commercial had this, right, right, every, I'm serious, every commercial, I'm sitting there watching this, it said, hashtag choose kindness. And I'm a kindness kind of guy. I was going, what? In, what? Every commercial, hashtag, choose kindness. And basically what they were doing, they were trying to encourage people to choose kindness instead of being a bully and being mean to be nice. Choose kindness. You're great. You're special. Disney. Di you know, Disney, you know, never, never, the land down there in Orlando and California. Disney now have uh, on their website and in YouTube, she can go there, hashtag, choose kindness. And it's an effort to encourage people kids all over America to choose kindness instead of being mean. In my wife's uh, school, the Kettering, uh, Kettering School System, uh, this year, uh, when they go back, every year they get a new t-shirt. This year they had a new t-shirt. It said, choose kind. And now there's initiatives all over America, all over America right now. My wife is, is a school teacher. They just introduced the, the curriculum for the adventure of kindness in grade schools right now in, in, in Kettering, Ohio. That's amazing. And part of, part of why this happens is, you see, God's nature is kind. God's nature is kind. And Ephesians 1 says that when, the, when the kind, God has a kind intention, his kindness is just not, you know, it's, not, it's just not out there somewhere. It's intentional. He intentionally brought kindness to this planet in the fashion and nature of his son. It was, it was intentional. At just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. At the right time, he was intentional 
about this whole thing of kindness. So, so when, when, when human beings, they, they experience his kindness through even an unbeliever, it's still kindness, which is the nature of God. We're created in his image, and if there's a kind deed that comes out of us as humans, it comes out of that nature of God that he created us to be. Created us to be kind. And now in our culture where it's so dark and crazy and people are you know, mad about everything, you know, mad about everything, you know. I'm unfriended my friend on Facebook who unfriended my friend who unfriended my friend on friend on Facebook, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. But you know, at any time there's an act of kindness that's noteworthy, the media pick up on it. Have you heard about the little boy who was walking one day? He was, he was walking, he saw a homeless person and he didn't have a blanket. He said, Dad, I want to get this homeless guy a blanket. And so he went with it and says, okay. So they went to the store, they bought a blanket and gave it to the homeless guy, and there was such a connection with the homeless guy, the little kid says, I've got to do this more. So he started saving his pennies and bought blankets, and then guess what happened? Other people in his, in his neighbors, his family, other people in the community began to hear about a little boy who bought a blanket for a homeless, so he started bringing blankets to the kid. And then they began to take, take blankets out into the neighborhood themselves, and then suddenly it went viral, he went viral, got, got on YouTube about, about this little kid who did, did blankets, and guess what it turned into? A, a whole thing that swept across America, blankets for the homeless. So that one little act of kindness created a spark that, that, that wowed the country, and we all sit back and go, wow, that's so good of that little boy to be kind. And I would say, yes, it's so good of that little boy to be kind, but I'm so grateful we have a kind God who put it in the heart of a kid to be kind, that love was in action. And I believe that that's so powerful. I do a lot of outreach, and, and I'm, I'm working with a really uh, cool group. And I'm, I'm just going to jump through some slides here because we're not even anywhere where I was going. So, <laughs> But I, I work, work with these, these guys right there. I work with these guys. I've been working with them for two, 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 almost two years now. A little over two years, is it, Michael? About two years. This is Michael, by the way. He's from Phillips Temple. Y'all give him a hand. <laughs> Woo! And uh, he's going to share a story, but I've been working with Phillips Temple for two years, about the same amount of time. I came here to get recovered. I came here to repair, to allow Jesus to do whatever he wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't come here for this. I didn't, I, I wasn't, wasn't in my heart to come here and do any of this. My heart was to come here and lay on the floor and sit in the back and then allow Aaron to speak life into my life. Okay, that's, that's where I was. At the exact same time, Pastor Washington called me, who's the pastor of Phillips Temple. We bumped into each other. He says, I'd like you to come on staff part-time to help our people be kind, to begin to shift outward focused. And so I did. I jumped in, jumped in, and I was still working through my stuff the whole time. I was there with Pastor Washington, and I had a lot of insecurities. And so it's just like God, okay? Take a guy who has some insecurity, who's pretty burnt out, a guy who has panic attacks, and what does God do? He takes a white guy and puts him right in the middle of 800 African-American people just to encourage him to get over it. Get over it. It's not about you. And so for, for two years, they've been graciously allowing me to come in among the church and to equip them and to encourage them and I remember our first big outreach, we were really encouraged, and we had, we had 80 people show up for the first outreach. It was so, so cool. 
And then over the last couple of years, it's gone down. And we had a consistent group of about 15 for most of those two years to go out in the community. What I found out was it's not the, matter, the number of people, it's, it's the people who, who serve and who they are and what they do. So we were, went to a filling station. This is where kindness begets kindness, even to non-believers. We went to a filling station, and we go there, we wash windshields. Hey, we're here full service, man. We're going to wash your windshield and pop your hood. We're going to pour windshield washer into your, your car, and, and, and just it's going to be fun. Oh, by the way, here's $5 for your, your gas, and we have a little card that says uh, this, this last one we did. We did the hugs outreach. You know, hugs, everyone needs one. So, yeah, it was pretty fun. So anyway, a lady pulls in one week we were there, and she's there in her car, and our team member's waiting for her, you know, and then she, our team member looks in the car, and all of a sudden this lady's digging around in her car and uh, can't, you know, doesn't know what's going on. She comes around the back, digs around the back uh, of her car, comes, comes up, and our team member says, hey, we're from Phillips Temple, and we're here just to love on you today, and by the way, here's $5 for your gas, and the lady just began to cry. Because what she was doing was digging in her car just to find the change to be able to put into her car. And then suddenly she gets $5. (laughs) Get this. It's not just $5. It's an anointed $5. It's God's God's spirit on this $5 that's going there. So anyway, she gives it to her. And the lady just broke and began to cry. So our team members there just, you know, doing this, you know, praying for and everything. The guy over here who just got $5 from another team member, saw what was going on over there, pulls out his $5, walks over and gives it to her because he doesn't need it. He saw what happened and gave it to her. A guy that was behind his car saw what was going on. He walks over and gives his, his, her his $5. So she got 15 bucks, man, and within about 30 seconds. Why? Because kindness begets kindness begets kindness. Because it's a principle of God, and it's the very nature of God in His character. God is love. Love is what? Love is two things. Love is patient, and love is kind. Those two. Don't read the rest of the chapter. Just work on those two. And if you work on those two, guess what? You'll get the rest of the chapter. You will. And I've discovered that. There's two things that get me. Two things that get me. When I, when, when I get in trouble, two reasons, Joshua loved this, Josh, Josh, two reasons. Number one, number one is I've been impatient. Anybody ever been, the Lord ever teach you how to practice patience? Have you ever had that one? Where he teaches you patience, where you, every line you go into, it's got 50 people, and then the lady, the lady that you're getting ready to, to, to pay your groceries, the lady in front of you forgot something, so she leaves her groceries and takes off, and you're standing there going... Has anybody ever experienced that? And what happens usually when I'm not patient, that's when my love goes down. That's when my love goes down. Or if I'm not practicing kindness, if I'm not practicing being kind to my wife, guess what? The love goes down. And in marriage relationships, you can, you can guarantee it. It's patience and kindness. Guarantee it in, in marriage. Patience and kindness. This is just part of what, what God's working on. And Danny Silk has done a great job to to talk about keeping our love on, keeping our love on and loving people correctly and, and even putting boundaries up. But it, it, it's so important to recognize that uh, it is God's nature and, and character that he is the source of writing uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is what? Patient and kind. 
So kindness is contagious. He says exercise or practice kindness is kind of like weight training. We found that people can actually build up their compassion muscle and respond to other suffering with care and a desire to help. Isn't that interesting? Begin to serve and love. Guess what happens? You begin to serve and love. You begin to realize, hey, there are people in this world that have it far worse than me. I'm just grateful that I have what I have. And it's interesting. My, my, my wife and I, uh, we live in a 1960s apartment, okay? Complex. We downsize. I mean, radical. When you think you're going to be homeless, you downsize really quickly. Anyway, so we downsize to, to a home. And, and, and um, uh, it's just a reminder, you know, every, every, time, every time that we're there, the water system in, on these, these properties, when you turn the water on, like to take a shower, you get like, a, like maybe, a, you know, like a nice little stream. But when somebody in your tower, in your block, flushes the toilet, there's no more cold water mixed with the hot water. Or sometimes there's no more hot water mixed with the cold water. That's really exciting. And then sometimes when you're in a hurry, you go in there and you turn the water on and you know that little knob you pull up, the little thing to get the water out, you pull it up and because everybody's taking a shower, it ain't, it ain't your time, go have a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm serious. And guess what, I, I, since I've moved in, I, I have not, I've very rarely complained because I've worked with the homeless, they don't even have a drop of water. I've been out giving groceries away to people and they've been waiting for us for two hours in the rain and then three more hours until we leave and then I get to go home and have a half hot shower and many of them don't. Many of them don't. And so I, I try to, try to pr uh, uh, practice kindness. I try to, to practice uh, because it is like weight training and and, and it's so important that we do. It just brings perspective is what I'm trying to say. I kind of lost my way there. So if you're, you know, if you're taking notes, just write, Steve lost his way right, right there. That'd be great. Okay. You can't win a person over with hatred or indifference. That's from a psych psychiatrist. Kindness makes a person attractive. It could win the world. If you could win the world, melt it. Do not hammer it. <laughs> okay, here's a list of positive effects on kindness, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up real quickly. Number one, here's a list of positive effects of kindness on our mental health. Anybody here need some mental health? I was I am gonna I'm I'm, I'm not gonna say what happened, but I'm just saying I was here Friday. I think it was Friday worshiping, and I felt like the Lord says I'm I'm dealing with some mental health issues today. This day. That there's a wind blowing in the spirit of people's minds in worship. And I actually think it happened when Adam says, I am a child of God. And if you're struggling with, with any kind of mental stuff, it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's nothing to be uh, just like, like thinking you're a lower class citizen or anything like that. It's just stuff. And let Jesus just blow his breeze through your mind. Just let him renew you in the spirit of your mind. I wasn't going to do that, but I hit the checklist on positive effects on kindness on mental health, and the first one's pain. Kindness releases endorphins in the brain. It's a natural painkiller. Stress. Kind people age slower. Amen. Come on. And have lower stress than, stress than the average person. 
anxiety and depression. Kindness improves mood, depression, and anxiety. This is talking about people doing acts of kindness. This is talking about people who are taking upon themselves to be kind. This is what happens to the body uh, uh, mentally and in the, in the physical part of our lives. And so it says this, uh, kindness stimulates production of serotonin, which heals wounds, calms, and increases happiness. Blood pressure. Kindness helps to release oxytocin, a cardioproductive hormone that releases another chemical called nitric oxide in the body that dilates blood vessels, thus reducing blood pressure. Pleasure. Elevated highs of levels of dopamine in the brain cause pleasure reward centers to light up. This is known as the helper's high. Has anybody ever helped somebody and you felt better? See? Why is that? Because I believe it's God's plan. I believe that it's His blessing. I believe that He knows that when we help others outside of ourselves and we take our eyes off ourselves to serve somebody by taking up our cross daily and dying, that when we do that for the sake of others, they're living, and then He just blesses us with, a, with His just touch. His touch. We would think, you know, some people say, well, that's just so natural. No, we're created in the image of God. That's His touch. That's His when you do something and you feel good in your heart. That's God's touch. And I'm, I'm just going to let you know, it's just as supernatural as a supernatural experience because it's God in you. Self worth. Kindness can make us not just feel good about ourselves, but begin to believe in ourselves, increasing our self worth. Relationships. Kindness helps improve relationships by reducing the distance between individuals. You know, kindness, as a church, when we, when we do things as a church together, basically what we're doing is we're reducing the distance between us and our world. Kindness is a bridge into the hearts of people of our world. And kindness begets kindness because it's God's plan. Now, here's a group of people that I, that I want to talk to you about. Just going to name, name a couple names, and Michael's going to come up and tell the story as you wrap up. But uh, these are the guys. This is two weeks ago. Valentine's, going out and hugging people, okay? So the lady in the yellow coat, she, she just retired about three months ago. She would tell me, I'm retiring in three months. So every time I saw her, less than three months, less than two months. You're one month away. You're one week away. What are you going to do? I don't know, but I'm going to go somewhere. <laughs> so she's retired, and she's done the uh, nursing home outreach with us. We do outreaches every month, once a month in Phillips. And so she went to nursing home, and she says, when we did some training, she came up to me. She goes, I love the nursing home. I said, would you like to lead it? She went, lead it? I said, no, just encourage people to love people. Can you do that? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I'll do that. So anyway, she, she led the last nursing home outreach. We took uh, red carnations to all the women in the nursing home, and we took hand sanitizer to all the men. Yeah, guys get dirty, so, you know, they need it. And women, women are, are, anyway. So anyway, she, she did that. Women are great. Anyway. She did that. She took that. And then she told me, she, as she's getting ready to go out, she goes, I, I took it on what you told me to do. And so what I did was, you didn't tell me to do this, but what I did, I basically got some bags for the staff, and I put all kinds of goodies in them. And you know that little fluffy stuff you put in the bag? I put that on there, too, for, for the staff when we go. Do you know why I love that? Because that wasn't my thought. That was her thought. 
That was something she thought up that she could do. What would it look like if I? What would it look like if I? What would it look like if I? This lady over here with the holding the little uh, thing in her hand, green and white, little, little thing there. She popped in the office uh, the other day, and she told me, she, she says, man, and she had a couple of beat-up backpacks. And she goes, do you see these backpacks, Steve? I said, yeah. She said, I'm going to go fill them up, and I'm going to take them down to the homeless shelter down on Apple Street. That's her thinking that. That's not me giving her the idea. That's her creative spark. That's, I hope you are getting this. That's her creative spark. What's yours? That's her creative spark. And so we began to talk. I said, yeah. I said, I've got a friend. Her name's Tamara. She moved to L.A. And uh, in L.A., there's 50,000 homeless people. Get your mind around that. In L.A. County, there's 50,000 homeless people. And so Tamara, she was there, and she'd been on, on some outreaches with, with me at Phillips, and she just loved it. And she's like, she was Mrs. Kindness. I mean, she just got into it. And then she went to L.A., and it sometimes happened... When you move, sometimes things go south a little bit, and things went south for her. And she began to think, what can I do? Because I'm, I'm struggling here. What can I do? Commute's an hour. I mean, you know, what do you do? You live in L.A., you come from Dayton. That's a big change. And so she thought, well, what I can do is make homeless packs. Because I see them every day, so I can't help them all. But guess what? I can help X amount of number a week. And so what she did, she bought a big giant Ziploc bag, and she put a pair of socks in, she put a washcloth in, she put some toothpaste, a toothbrush in, some granola bars, she put that in there, and, she put, and then she wrote a big note, this big, uh, in yellow with red writing, you are loved. And so she, she thought, well, I can, I can reach three people a week, and so she sent me a picture of all the, 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 the uh, Ziploc bags that she she gave. So I shared that story with the lady who was going to do the backpacks, and the lady says, I'm throwing my backpacks away. I love that better than what I'm doing. So she's now in process of making a whole bunch of homeless kit bags so she can do what she can do. Another lady, I'm not going to point her out, another lady that's in the picture, she went to the laundromat, and the laundromat is a hot place for us. I mean, it really is. And what happened at the laundromat this last week, or two weeks ago, my friend Rolando went, went in there, and, and, and he goes in there often, and they know he's from Phillips, and we bring quarters, and we have detergent pods. So he went in last with the, with the team. He had, I think he had three people. He goes in, and they, they, they said, hey, it's Mr. Phillips, because he's from Phillips Temple. And he said, we haven't seen you in a while. I said, yeah, we're just kicking off our new year. We'll be back every month. Oh, that's so good. Hey, I want you to pray for me. It didn't even go to chucking quarters into the laundromat. It was, I want you to pray for me. So he's over there praying for her, and guess what happened? Revival broke out in the laundromat. They couldn't give quarters away. They just prayed for people for 45 minutes. Rolando says, we had revival, man. Revival broke out in the laundromat. He said, man, we couldn't give quarters away. Everybody saw us praying for people. They said, we want prayer because they saw what was happening. And one thing about Phillips Temple is they know how to pray. It's true, isn't it, Michael? Know how to pray. And so revival broke out because of the quarters in the laundromat just being, being there. But there's one, one lady, she was at a laundromat, and she was there, and, and she was talking to a lady and had some quarters, and because people just do that now, quarters and stuff, cleaning her laundry. She sat down, began to talk to a lady, okay? Began to talk to a lady. They had two things in common, one thing in common. Both had schizophrenic children. 
And so they were talking about their issues. They were talking about the mental health issue. They were talking about the pain issue of that whole thing. Talking through this stuff at a laundromat. Having spiritual conversations, how God has helped this lady with her, her son and, and all this kind of, they just had a great, she said it was like a connection. Anybody ever had those talks? Strangers, it's like, you know, a connection. And so she had this connection, and so she's walking out, so I'll, I'll see you later. So she's walking out to her car, and then she hears a whisper, go pray for the lady. She said when she heard it, it stopped her in her tracks. Because she hadn't heard that like that before. So she's, she's walking, and she just took off going and says, go pray for the lady. She goes, well, it's got to be God. It, you know, it's not my lunch. So she began to go in. And she said she went in, and she said she just walked up to the lady, and she goes, you know that conversation we had? And the lady said, yeah, that conversation. I said, it was a great conversation. So I'm going to offer you something more. Can I pray for you? And as soon as she said, can I pray for you, the lady just broke and wept, started weeping. As my friend, one of the ladies there, just began to pray and minister to her because they had common Holy Spirit responding to the prompt, come back in, boom. What happened? Kindness breaks down barriers and builds bridges into people's lives. You know, the, the upper room, we, we, have, we have a mission statement, uh, reveal the goodness of God to everyone everywhere. I don't know if you knew that or not. Reveal the goodness of God to everyone everywhere. And basically what that means is, is that when we wake up in the morning, what we should be doing, what, what, I, what I try to do, don't do it every morning, but what I try to do is I wake up and before I go to bed, I think or speak, I say, I'm open for business today, Jesus. So that means today, Jesus, everywhere I go, you know, I'm open to your prompts, I'm open to what you're doing, I'm open to, uh, to pray for people, I'm open to anything you want me to do, I'm open today because I am, I'm, I'm trying to shift my mindset to be a missional person. So we can do that in our families. How can we become a missional family? We can do that in our small groups. You know, we love meeting together, so, so it's just so good. But what would it look like if we as a small group began to go on mission to love and to serve and to care for somebody in our community? What would happen to Upper Room if every small group, band is a group, they said, what can we do this quarter just to love somebody in our community? What would that look like? Not my ideas. The group's ideas. How can we show God's goodness? How can we show God's kindness to our community as our community? Does that make sense? So kindness is, is so, 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 so important within, within this, whole, whole, this whole deal. I want to show you one last picture. This is Frank. And, uh, and, and I, I was thinking, why did, I, why did I tell him his nationality? Because I think it's important. Because you'll get it when I say it. Frank's from Puerto Rico, okay? And Frank is intense. I mean, this guy is intense, you know? He seemed dead raised, all right? I mean, he's intense. He saw a baby that was deformed. When he prayed for the deformed baby, the baby went back together. I mean, that's intense. And, uh, I mean, he's, he, he's like that. I mean, he's, and, and then he has another softer side of him. He, he's, he, I didn't know this. He's, he's a hip-hop guy. He sings hip-hop. He can do that. He creates plays. He's very creative. He's done plays all over, in Dayton, big stuff. And, uh, and I think he does a little bit in film. But anyway, he went out with us. And uh, he, he was, had come from a prayer meeting that Friday night. And so he was really ready to go on, 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 uh, on Saturday. He said, Steve, I'm just going for it. I said, go on, man. Go for it. You go. You do what Frank does. 
And so anyway, all of a sudden, the car started pulling in with hip-hop kids in it. And he was a hip-hop guy. And so this guy comes in, and Frank's talking to him. Next thing I know, Frank's got this guy, and this guy's got his head bowed, and Frank's just praying for him, you know, not this guy, but another guy. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another guy in the car, he had, you know, look a little bit later, and Frank's got this guy, has his hand on this guy in his car praying for him. And this guy was a hip-hop guy that was going to go to L.A., to begin to try to break into what he had done in Dayton. And Frank said, he told me later, he says, I, I, Steve, today I felt like a father to these boys. I felt like a father. I was giving them fatherly advice. And then I gave them the father's advice. And so, I mean, so, so he prays for these two guys in the car, you know, and then they pull out. And as they're driving away, both of them look at Frank and go, and then 10 minutes later, they pull back in because they forgot to buy gas. <laughs> True story, they forgot. they forgot to buy gas. So anyway, this guy pulls in, this guy pulls in, man, you know, and he, I mean, he looked, he wasn't strung out, but he looked like he had, anybody ever seen, you ever, anybody ever felt like you were carrying a backpack full of rocks? Well, that's what he looked like, just in the spirit. He looked like a guy that was carrying a backpack full of rocks. And Frank just went for it. He just went for it, went over and prayed for him, talked to him, loved on him, communicated to him, did his fatherly Puerto Rican thing and in, with intensity, I might ask, right? With intensity. And guess what? Frank says, the way to remove your backpack of rocks is to meet Jesus. Would you like to meet Jesus? And the young guy says, I want to meet Jesus. And he led him to the Lord right there. Right there. So, how did that happen? Intentionality. It's intentional. We're intentionally saying we're going. We're going to go. We're going to go second Saturday of every month. We're going to do this. We're going to wash windshields. We're going to get dirty. We're going to pray for people. We're going to go to shops. We're going to go to Greyhound bus station. We're going to go to name it. That's where we're going. Intentionality. And then serving, guess what serving does? Breaks down barriers and builds bridges into the lives of the people that we're trying to impact and encourage. Last verse. This is what we did here. At, uh, at here, we took six huge, huge, huge bags and Valentine's balloons to every school in Tip City. Every school. Nicole. Uh, she said when she walked in, she said, it was so cool. I walked in, they're looking at like, what in the world? She said that 20 minutes later, she's walking out because she had such a great conversation with the lady that she gave the, uh, the, the just a kind act to. There's my wife. Okay. Good deeds don't save us. Good deeds do what? Reveal us. They reveal us. That's what Paul said to Timothy. They reveal us. And that's my quote with 100 other people. Okay. 1 John 3, uh, 18, Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory. We only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through what? Our loving deeds. Okay? We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate, can you read those last three words? Love in action. See, kindness is love in action. You know, I've had people say, well, I've stopped doing the kindness thing. Really? You've stopped loving? You've, you've stopped the loving thing? No, no, I'm just talking about I'll stop doing the outreach kindness thing. Really? 
Well, how can you stop being kind? You know, Jesus was the most friendly, open-hearted person on the planet. He was the most kind person. And what a true evangelist is, is a friendly, open-hearted person. Do you know how I know that? It's because every one of us can practice being a friendly, open-hearted person. Because we have a, a Savior in heaven who pours through us the power of the Holy Spirit that we can love people just like He loved people. And primarily, Jesus was kind. He was the embodiment of kind. And one of the ways I know that, children love to be around Him. How many children like to be around Eeyore? <laughs> or an angry, hard, rigid person? How many children want to be around? They wanted to be around Jesus all the time. That's how I know. That's, that's the mile marker for me. Not only that, but watch this. He, every healing he did was an act of kindness. It demonstrated his goodness. So we know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love and action, which will re reassure our hearts our hearts in his presence. Come on up, Michael. Y'all give Michael a big hand. Woo. I love you, man. Um, well, it's a blessing to be here. Um, I thank Pastor Steve. He's uh, been a blessing in my life. And um, from the first service and even in the beginning of this service, this is definitely a kind church. So I thank God for you all. Um, just my testimony of kindness, um, Pastor Steve and my church, they um, sent me and a couple other people from our church to Dallas for a training. Um, and they gave us these bracelets. It says, hashtag kindness now. And for me, the biggest thing with kindness is obedience. Because, um, I mean, it's kind of easy to be kind. But when God tells you to do something, at least for me, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's rough because it's not like, you know, you see somebody laid out and they need help. It's normal people just like us. And you have to, you know, take a leap of faith and, um, and speak to them. Um, and that's a risk, but it's obedience because when I was in Dallas, we went on an outreach trip. And um, we were driving around to drive throughs um, So we went to like a Taco Bell and things like that. And we had flowers. We were giving out flowers to each person in the drive-thru. Um, and we pulled up to this Arby's. And this lady was there. And it was my turn to speak. Um, and we pulled up and I said, uh, I'd like to show you, you know, God's love in a practical way. Can I give you these flowers? And she took the flowers and said, thank you. And then we're supposed to say, is there anything I can pray for you about? But I just let the spirit lead me, and I just said, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah. And so I just said a real simple prayer, uh, something like, you know, God, I want to thank you for this day. I thank you. I, I hope that you, you know, allow this woman to have a good day because she's working on a Saturday. Just something simple like that. And, um, you know, we just left. There was, you know, nothing special went on. She didn't cry or anything like that. We just, we just left. And um, shortly after we got back to Dayton um, from Dallas, we got this long text message and Pastor Steve shared it with me. Um, the lady sent it to the church and she was talking about how down she was in this season of her life. Um, and something had happened that morning and she still had to go to work and she was just having a rough time. And she wrote in that message, an angel came to my job today and gave me flowers. 
And um, that really floored me because, like I said, nothing special happened. It's just the obedience, me being obedient to God. You know, somebody gave me some flowers to give to someone else, and it was really that simple. Um, and it kind of really changed her season, uh, you know. And um, so that's my biggest thing is just be obedient to God. You know, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody will say no. But, you know, what, what can happen are just greater than you can imagine. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Awesome. <laughs> well, that's such a great illustration. I mean, when we got, I mean, seriously, when we got the note, I mean, it was that long about how rough times she was going. And she started off, I said, I met an angel today, and it was Michael. I thought, boy, that's appropriate, Michael. The, anyway. <laughs> The, the angel, and she just went on and on and on about what, was, what had broken in her family. I mean, just on and on and how it lifted her and how it changed her life. So I, w I just want to commend uh, kindness to you. I want to contend, uh, commend it to you. It's uh, something that, that you can do. It's practical. I hope you've heard enough illustrations today how practical this can be. And I, I, would, just, I would just like you just to dream just for a minute. Come on up, Adam. Just want to dream for a minute. Just on what it would look like if. Just what would it look like if. Just that takeaway. Jesus, what would it look like if I? What would it look like if my family? That's why we gave you a kindness calendar in February. So you could begin to practice thinking, what would it look, look like? You know, I got a great note from my mailman because I left uh, granola bars and water with a card thanking our mailman at Christmas just from what, what they're doing. And so I just want to let you know stuff like that happens. It just practice, practice doesn't make us uh, perfect, but what practice does, it makes us better. Would you agree? And uh, I really believe it's, uh, sometimes I believe it's like this. I think that sometimes, that, and I, I know it's true of Upper Room, we, we do love well. We are a family that loves. Uh, I've seen it expressed. Uh, I've been in Aaron's home watching him, the master at work with his children, and just like amazing stuff. And that, that he does, but you know, there, there's 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 that one piece I think that that could maybe really help us to to complete the goodness that God has for us, and and I think it may be just practicing acts of kindness. It's kind of the piece that really helps us to step out, to take the risk, to take the 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 the, the step out into.